Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Video Game Lounge Podcast, where we're not here for notes and news, but to talk games and drink brews. I'm your host, Andrew, and here with me is the beavis to my butthead, Kevin Almighty Drizzle. Kevin, how you doing? Good, man. I uh, I never watched that show growing up. Played the game, <laughs> never, never watched the show. I think I was born right after... Like I was too a little too late for that, but I do appreciate the shout out to that. Would you rather say uh, uh, "Rent to My Stimpy," "The Cat to My Dog"? Never watched that either. The cat dog I watched. Okay, there we go. We'll stick with we'll stick with cat dog then. <laughs> Which one am I, cat or dog? It it doesn't matter. Dog, <laughs> dog. <laughs> <laughs> Doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, had a really good day today. Mister Sean came up to visit. Huzzah! Yeah, man. Uh, shout out to the, my boys, Mr. Sean. Came over, got to see my daughter. We talked about Terrorist Hunt that we talked about in the nice. previous episode. Because I was showing them something on my Xbox, and I was showing them the games. I was showing them that I bought Time Splitters, and Rainbow Six Vegas 2 was right beside it. He's like, oh, God, I hope you're not showing me Rainbow Six Vegas, that goddamn Terrorist Hunt. He was like, I got so nervous. He was talking about when me, Wookiee, and him would play. We would always make Sean go into the room first. And he's like, no, no, no. We're like, Sean, it's fine. It's clear. The room is clear. And he's like, no, it's not, guys. I'm not going in there. We're like, Sean, it's clear, man. Go ahead. And then he went in there and died. So then we knew what the position of the room was. But uh, he would do it to us, too. So then we were, we were talking about that. And then we got some Arby's. Ooh. And we played some Super Mario Brothers 3 on Nintendo. So it was a, it was a really good day, man. How uh, nice. How's your day going? It's going pretty good. Hanging out with the wife, doing some laundry. I started doing my Wii U mod. Did you? I did. So that's coming along nicely as well. When this recording is wrapped up, I'm going to go watch a movie with the wife. What movie are you going to watch? Uh, she told me. I'm trying to remember. It was. It's on... Uh, Stars, CNN+, Plus, Paramount+, Plus, Disney. Netflix. I can't remember if it was Hulu. either Netflix or HBO Max, but uh, it was it's it's one of the newer movies that has Ryan Reynolds and Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo in it. Mm. I don't I have no idea. <laughs> I'm sure somebody will remember and be like, "It's this, you fool! Don't you know?" Deadpool two. Deadpool it's close one. enough. It's we got, jackal. We got jackal? two people from the MCU. <laughs> well, Jennifer yep. Garner too, if you want to count Electra. Just because just Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are dating and engaged again doesn't mean we have to go that far back in time and bring up those god-awful movies. Remember Elektra and Daredevil, the originals? No. And let's keep it that way. They're in the past for a reason. Oh you, you leave them back there. So my sister's boyfriend, Mark, he had a stroke recently. He's back home, uh, still recovering, but... He updates his Voodoo. He buys a lot of movies and he updates the Voodoo, right? The last movie he put on Voodoo was Ben Affleck's Daredevil. And I was like, bro, because he got COVID in the hospital, like, you can't die and this be the last movie you upload. Don't worry, man. This if can't the be the legacy you leave behind. 
I'm like, if the doctors are like, all right, Mark, you got uh, like an hour to live, tell me and I'll go to your house and I'll upload something to, to make sure your memory is not that. I've been loading in. I've been pulling it up. And my wife's like, he didn't update anything. And I was like, God damn it. I know it, but I want to check to see if there's any new movies on there. But it's always Ben Affleck's dumbass face and his daredevil Right at the beginning? Yeah. It's the very first one. Top left, baby. Oh. Oh, you poor thing. (laughs) Yeah, me. Poor me. Guy had a stroke. Poor me. I got to look at the daredevil's (laughs) face. How dare you not think of me? Yeah, true. True. My bad. It's all good. Today, we have a semi-nostalgic episode. Something that will really tug at the wallets more so than the heartstrings but before we get into that kev what you drinking today i am drinking a little lighter so ever since covid hit two years ago and my wife had the baby i put on some covid slash baby lbs so uh i'm drinking a little lighter today got a bud light seltzer hard soda zero sugar 100 calories 100 percent taste i don't know if that's their catchphrase i have no idea it is the orange soda one five percent alcohol like i said 100 calories it's not bad i am not a seltzer guy my buddy brought these over whenever i hear seltzer i i'm thinking not fanta what's the Croy. Yeah. The taste is, someone best described it as. They put a can next to the fruit. Yeah, like fruit with low battery percentage is what the flavor is. So that's what I had in mind. But this actually has a lot of flavor. I mean, it's like not as strong as like a Fanta orange soda, but still a pretty prevalent orange soda taste. No, some of them aren't too bad. Which ones have you tried? When my wife originally started to get into those, she tried White Claws because they were all the rage, but mm-hmm. they were too seltzery and not enough flavor. Mm-hmm. So she ended up trying Trulies and really ended up liking those because Trulies had, it was a good 50-50 mix. So a lot of what we have in the house is Trulies, but we also have other flavors of which she doesn't like, but we still have them because they have not been consumed and I ain't consuming them. If they're not good <laughs> enough for her, they're definitely not good enough for me. So you're the picky one. I well, if it doesn't have mint ice cubes, I don't fucking want it. I need to go back to using my mint ice cubes. <laughs> Dude, it's like you forget they're a thing until it gets brought up in the podcast. The ADD, man. I it happens. You got a desk. Write it down. <laughs> Do you realize how many notes I have written down? I would be in some sort of like a beautiful mind kind of scenario where <laughs> everything's written on the walls if I actually kept all of my notes up and available. You can throw them away after the fact. They don't have to keep them. I have notes here, here, there, up there, over there, and in my phone. The only notes I have on my desk right now are the piece of paper that I used for my last editing from whenever I was going to put in the intro music and stuff like that. Or not the intro, but like the drinking and the commercial and stuff like that. And then uh, right there on the floor, I have my last matter of record that I did at the prison of when the guy assaulted me. <laughs> and then underneath that, I have the one where the guy pulled a knife out on us. Nice. That's what I have. And I keep on meaning to get the one where he pulled a knife out on me framed because we got in trouble when we kicked that guy's ass, which was ridiculous. And then a week later, our bosses 
praised us and gave us a $3.50 coupon for the downstairs cafeteria at the hospital. So it literally cost them zero money to do it. You could buy a yogurt. You couldn't even do that. Yogurt was like four bucks. We never spent it, all three of us. We never spent it. And we said we were going to get it framed. So I have that matter of record down there as well. Nice. <laughs> Getting back. Uh, what, what are you drinking over there, Chief? I am drinking from a local brewery called Valhalla Brewery. The wife you're, and I wait, went you're, there. You're doing that on site? You're, you're yes, recording on site. site? No. Oh, just, sweet. No, I ended up bringing home a, you a stole growler. It? Oh, okay. Brought home a growler. I, I, should, I should probably let you finish. I mean, it'd be nice if you did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, growler, go. The wife and I went there last weekend for a very nice excursion. We ended up having food. Valhalla Brewing Company. Delicious food. Fantastic beverages. And also a little mini bar available as well. I had a really nice brisket sandwich. She had a pulled pork sandwich. But we both ended up trying off of a flight a couple ciders and ales and whatnot. There was an apple cranberry that was really good. But even better than that was this blackberry lemonade cider. And when I say this shit tastes just like juice, it tastes like juice. We finished that flight. I got two pints. We downed those while we were there. And I got two growlers to bring home. So we ended up opening one up today. I poured it in half. She got half. I have half down here. That sounds pretty good. What kind of juice does it does it taste like? Lemonade. Blackberry lemonade. I was about to say, I don't think... Lemonade and juice are two different things, I think. Okay. Let me preface by saying my wife calls practically anything juice. So because she is diabetic, anytime that she needs <laughs> sugar or something that's not soda to help bring up her numbers, she calls it juice. So we've had lemonade in the fridge. We've had orange juice. We've had apple, cranberry, cocktail uh, juices and whatnot. Yes, each of those have juices after them, typically, but she calls it all juice. So I've brought over <laughs> that phrasing because of her. All right, follow-up question. Whenever you guys are forming coitus and you're about to complete, does she go, give me that juice, daddy? Not yet. We're working on that. Oh, close. Just like you, this close. Yes. <laughs> Going back to the white claws, uh, unless you have anything to add with your your juice lemonade situation. No, we could make innuendos for days on juice. So <laughs> back to white claws. I haven't, obviously haven't been out much with the baby and I'm old and I don't like people. I don't feel like I see white claws as much anymore. Now you guys go out, do you guys still see white claws as prevalent or is that, is it coming back because of summer? Like, is that, is it was like a summer drink? It was more of an all around drink that I've seen, but I don't know if Truly's have really taken over the market a lot more because white claws did come out with a lot of different variations of flavors and their own different, even seasonal styles, but I'm seeing a lot more Truly's on the market that are not only being stocked, but sold. Never had it. I think you mentioned it before, probably on a previous episode or in day-to-day -day conversation we had. Yes, sir. Nice. Would you be open to trying other seltzers? Yeah, as long as, long as they are as good as this, then yes. 
Uh, like I said, if it tastes like uh, static from a TV when you forgot to change the channel to number three when you plugged in your game, then right. yeah, for sure. I, w- I would try it. Yeah, if you're just drinking that, then you just hate yourself. You hate your body. Thank God it's fucking stock full of in the fridge then. I don't need a therapist. I know what's wrong with me. I hate myself. Give me some, some more seltzer. Yeah, it's just as I drink it. Uh, I mean, that's good that you're trying something different and not something that I haven't really heard you being interested in before. Now, Kev, is that helping to transfer over into your gameplays recently? Because what are you playing? You just got old. I can't believe you would ask me something like that on a gaming podcast that we usually ask, what are you playing? How dare I? But since you did, played a couple things since our last recording. Still playing Elden Ring. Not much to update there. Uh, I did check my hours, uh, up to 45 hours on that. Went back to some previous areas that I, I skipped over. I keep on getting uh, the same thing I get in most open world games where I get anxious because of how big the map is and I feel like I'm going to miss something. Same thing with RPGs. I always feel like I'm going to miss something. You know, if it's a smaller game, I don't mind replaying it. But with RPGs, it's like, fuck, I missed this one item. Do I really want to play this again? Because it's 60, 70 hours worth. So I always get anxious. I can see myself playing Elden Ring again, though. So I'm not, that's why I don't think I'm too worried about it. Right. Do you want to put in another 32 hours just so you can get to this one missed item? Yeah, and it's going to be something worthless, like a Golden Rune 2, which I have 99 of, and they keep on going into my little chest thing. Also have been playing Minecraft with my wife. Never beat Minecraft, ever. There's like four or five different bosses, have not beaten a single one of them. Generally what happens is when me and my wife play, I'll build the house, and then she'll yell at me that it's too big, and then... She'll do the farming stuff because I hate the farming stuff. She'll do the animals and she'll do the the crops. And then I'll go in the mine and I'll start mining for diamond and iron and all the shit we need. And then we get to the nether and then we just stop playing (laughs) every time. Like you get to the nether and it's like, all right, well, we're done. It's like, no, we're not done. I need to find shit in the nether. I don't even know all the stuff in there, but they've done a lot of updates since we last played. So they did like a caves and something update. So whenever we dig underground, you come into these vast ass caves and there's so many mobs and we feel like there's a shitload of more enemies now that since we last played, because they're fucking everywhere. And it's, it's almost annoying to go out at night where before it was just like, oh yeah, a couple zombies, a couple skeletons. Now it's like, no, nah, we need to, we need to go to sleep. So morning will come. And these fuckers are on fire. <laughs> Also been playing Luigi's Mansion on the 3DS, and uh, I came to the realization that uh, I don't know what it is, but the 3DS hurts my hands when I play it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I was talking to Mr. Sean about it today. He said, well, it's so small, but we were playing Super Mario Bros. on Nintendo. I was like, this NES controller is smaller than the 3DS. It doesn't hurt my hands to play this. I wonder if it's the thickness of it. I was going to say, like a, a controller is ergonomically designed to be able to wrap around your hands and maybe Mm -hmm. because it's a little smaller thinner 
your hands are, I don't want to say like contracted too much too often. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's a little, little more difficult or maybe the way that your thumbs come in to meet the back of your hands for holding it is a little more stressed. I'll tell you the one thing that annoys me with 3DS is a lot of the games used almost like a right thumbstick, but the right thumbstick was that little nub that is kind of like a laptop. Usually has a little red button in between like the F and G and V keys. Yeah. And that moves your mouse. That's basically what the right thumbstick, as they call it on the 3DS is. So it's very annoying to use. I remember they had a, a peripheral for the 3DS that was a joystick because they came out with it for uh, Snake Eater. But I had to use that little nub playing Luigi's Mansion. And I, I hate that damn thing. I feel like it's a good controller. I feel like for a child, yeah, it, it probably wouldn't, wouldn't hurt your hands, hands as much. So I don't, I don't, I, I'm not upset that they didn't build this thing for my hands, but I do feel like they could have done a little better with that little nub they had. I don't think too many games used that thing, but with the ones that do rely on it a lot and it's, it's pretty painful. What about you, man? What have you, uh, what have you been playing? Well, not my 3DS cause my hands are okay. No, I, I honestly haven't played my 3DS in a while. I honestly haven't been playing too much. I've been kind of feeling a little under the weather. So when I get home from work, working the night evening shift, I've practically just been going to bed and then waking up late. I have been able to play a little bit of Tales of Arise and trying to get a few other like side missions and whatnot completed. I'm <laughs> regretting. Regretting the grind that I'll need to do to level up because that's just so tedious. I hate it. It's the monotony of it, but it'll come to fruition. It'll be good. I'm going to beat this fucking game. I have too many others that I need to get to. And I'm going to beat this game. Are you still having fun with it? Yeah. Yeah, it's still good. And, um, I realize that there is replay value in it with the artifacts, like I was mentioning before, and it should be something interesting to be able to go back and play. I don't know how much time I'll put into it afterwards because of the backlog in my library, but I'll check it out and see what it is capable of. Now, do you want a suggestion on a game that would help that you wouldn't need to grind on? I'm afraid to ask. Final why. Fantasy 2. <laughs> 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 just like how i didn't need to grind on final fantasy one two yeah if you did it right you wouldn't have to but obviously i did it right no final fantasy remember final fantasy 2 is the one where you have to punch each other to level up your hp <laughs> oh yeah so it's it's very grindy so don't do that oh <laughs> uh, yeah but unfortunately i've been fairly boring this week just trying to feel a little better but that's okay it's it's not always about how much you get done, but how you can feel about yourself at the end. Very true. Very true. That's why we talked about mental health days before. Yes. And it's an important thing to keep track of. You know, sometimes you just don't feel like playing video games. And uh, no reason to put yourself into that grind if you aren't feeling up for it. Exactly. No matter how many times your friends make fun of you for never completing a game in the year 2022... Or 21. Or 20. Or since 19 fucking... 
1973. <laughs> George Washington beat Pac-Man. God damn it. What are you doing? Well, I guess now would be as good of a time as ever to try to get into our main topic. But before we do, I do have a special announcement. It's a goodie. It is a goodie. And it doesn't involve this channel. It does not. That's why it's a goodie. <laughs> People are like, thank God. So if you are no stranger to the podcast, you also know that we have other sister podcasts under the umbrella of Creative Brain Candy. This week, we are going to talk about STD. Ha. Spoiler. They die. About a true crime podcast with Cat and Logan. Well, this podcast that they are just releasing is for their two-year anniversary. And what better way to celebrate a two-year anniversary than Logan actually going to Panama to talk to and interview an ex-cartel hitman that's currently incarcerated there. Now, we haven't heard this yet because it comes out the day this episode comes out of ours. So go listen to their shit. But Andrew, do you think she had to deepen his voice like they do on like TV channels where it's like, yeah, uh... And they <laughs> like where they where they black out silhouette the person. Yeah, and like, they have to voice modulate the guy. <laughs> do you think she did that, or do you think he's like, "Fuck it, I'm a hit man. Nobody can stop me. I got Brad Pitt as my bodyguard." Well, the whole time I'm thinking of The Office, where Toby goes and talks to the Scranton Strangler. I don't <laughs> believe you did it, George Howard Scub. And he comes out and he's like all strangled and he can't talk for two weeks because his larynx is being <laughs> strangled. Thankfully, Logan hasn't said anything negative about her experience, and we look forward to actually hearing what she and the hitman have to say. So, without further ado, check out STD. Do you like true crime? Oh my god, Kat, you can't just ask people if they like murder. I'm curious. Well, curiosity killed the cat. Uh, does that make you curiosity? No, I'm Logan. And I'm Kat. And we're the hosts of the true crime comedy podcast, Spoiler They Die. One of us tells a story about a serial killer, a survivor, or basically anything morbid and scary. Also, we're Canadian, in case that matters to anyone. I don't think people listen to podcasts based on people being Canadian or not. People in our Discord server seem to care. Oh, sorry about that, eh? But thanks for listening to us panhandle. I'm Logan, and I approve this message. Like I said, check out their latest episode. It's gonna be Noise. But now, on to the coup de gras. I probably didn't even say that right. Our main topic of today is gaming accessories. Gaming accessories that have been helpful, gaming accessories that why why are they even fucking around other than to try to rape your wallet and make it so that you want to buy everything, you want to get everything. Oh, they released a new thing? I gotta get that. Just because they released it. I, I don't I don't know how you are. I don't know if you are like some of us that because it's there, you gotta have it. Or does it need to be more practical for you to want to get? Now, a lot of the times, technology, as it advances over the years, it incorporates things that have been useful and then eliminates things that haven't. I mean, when you think about gaming accessories, there are a lot of things that come to mind, I'm sure, but... We're not necessarily trying to single out the joysticks on controllers or the the arcade controllers that look like the whole uh, the big buttons, the big flat controller that makes it seem like you're at the arcade for you to do fighting games. Or even if you grew up in an era like we did, 
where everything was a wired controller, wire extensions, cord extensions. Like, we're not necessarily singling those out because those not only have been either pushed through the generations of consoles, or, I mean, you don't need wire extensions anymore. Basically, everything's wireless. But there are other ones. Some weird ones. There there are some weird ones. There are some good ones. Kevin, I I know something's got to be sticking out in your head. Just that one thing that just sticks out. What do you want to start us off with? Definitely my favorite. I guess it's technically an accessory. Uh, It was the VMU for Sega Dreamcast. I loved that little thing. Oh, yeah. For those who'd never played Dreamcast, it was a very weird memory controller. I mean, the Dreamcast was a weird shape controller to begin with, with the wire coming from the bottom and then having to wrap back up. You put the memory card upside down inside the Dreamcast, and then it had a little screen and a little viewing window on the controller. And sometimes the screen would show information or do some kind of like little graphic or something, depending on what game you had. But then you could take the VMU out. And some games added additional games to the VMU. And the one that I loved the most was my first Sega Dreamcast game, which was Sonic Adventure. You could raise these little chews inside Sonic Adventure and race them. Where you could either get items or help raise the chews, playing the VMU as you were like going about town. So I remember my parents dropped me off at like Sears one time and I was literally just like walking around Sears playing with my VMU with the tiny little D-pad controller. It was really cool to throw something in there. They didn't have to do that. And I'm sure they were stupid expensive and the only way to save a game. So they were like fine with it because it cost them a nickel to make. And There were other memory cards for the Dreamcast that did not have the, the virtual really? aspect. Yeah. yeah. They're just regular memory cards. I always had the VMU, so I thought that was like the standard, especially with that window they had in the, the Dreamcast controller. Right. Those those were awesome. It was basically <laughs> like having your own little uh, game-oriented Tamagotchi. That's exactly what it is. It was like the Digimon Tamagotchi things, which are coming back for some reason. I can't imagine having one now, but they were the shit back then. What about, uh, what about you? You got one that's just kind of... One from our childhood, you were like, man, that one was dope as hell. Uh, I mean, I don't know about dope. There, there's a, I, I have too many that stick out in my head that weren't. <laughs> I remember getting at a yard sale. I can't, I don't think it was a yard sale at your house. I think it was Brandon and Corey's or someone else's yard sale that we got the power glove mm-hmm. without the rest <laughs> of the attachment. Yeah. So we didn't know that there was a, like the Wii has the sensor bar. We didn't know that there was a sensor bar thing that needed to go with the power glove. So we tried the power glove in our Nintendo and it did not work. Nope. We didn't realize that you also needed certain games for it to be associated, for it to work. So we thought it was just a piece of junk or it didn't work. So we kept this power glove and just stored it away because we just never got it to work. To this day, I'm still kind of interested in getting that little, uh, I mean, there's only like two or three games that it works with. I've read that they are not that interesting or fun to play, even back then. But just to say that, you know, you tried it, get it out of the way, it'd be interesting to give it a go. I think I watched somebody on Twitch use it, and uh, I remember him complaining that his hand was cramping, because it doesn't work very well. But I remember him 
trying to beat something and he said his, his hand was hurting from trying to use that that thing i mean it, it was innovative i mean i like where they were trying to go and absolutely very futuristic tech i remember what was the game called the wizard that the kid had the power glove and it showcased super mario brothers three at the time that was uh that was crazy i, I ended up watching that because that came out when i was a baby or before i was born but i ended up watching that movie it's terrible yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like we said over time there are certain things that have evolved or been incorporated a lot of the portable game consoles that we have now have backlights you've heard us talk before about how well when we were riding in the back seat of our parents vehicles and we were trying to play our game boys or whatnot in the middle of the night and we lean over to the window hoping to hit the street light just right or if we had those plug-in lights for the Game Boy or Game Boy Color. I'm so glad that there were certain ones that had incorporated lights that didn't drain six AA batteries like the Game Gear with its backlit screen. Could you imagine them trying to pedal a Game Gear nowadays with everyone being conscious of uh, not creating too much environmental waste? Telling somebody they had to buy six AA batteries, non-rechargeable <laughs> AA batteries, then they last for like five hours. Here, this will last half of a uh, cross-country trip, or cross-state trip, depending on where you're at. So I'm glad you brought up the Game Gear. I'm looking at our little cheat sheet for our list of different ones we have. And this isn't on here, and I don't know if you know about it or not, but the Game Gear had a FM-AM radio tuner that you could plug into the Game Gear, and it could pick up radio stations. I did not know about that. Yeah, man, you gotta <laughs> you gotta get one. It's the stereo FM tuner. It went into the back. It would plug in like a game, and on the back side, like the front where you would stare at the screen, it had like the little radio dial that you had to tune in. I think it was made by Rekaton. I don't ever remember seeing it. I remember watching a video on it, but I don't remember ever seeing it come in. Like at like KB Toys or Toys R Us. I, I never remember seeing it. And obviously you didn't. No. I mean, we've had the battery packs, the ones that were attached to the back or even as a snail cable coming off of it that looked like <laughs> a uh, sweet potato. Dude, that thing was massive. It's probably the size of a beer bottle, maybe. The little the little battery pack. Yep. I think the Game Gear also had a TV tuner. I'm looking it up now. Yeah, apparently there was a TV tuner for the uh, for the Sega Game Gear. So I guess you could pick up like local channels. That's insane. Could you imagine watching TV on that tiny ass fucking screen? At least it was back. No. I guess if you were like, if you were either sent to bed or it was a weekday and something came on like Nick at Night, if that was a thing in 1991, uh, I guess you could try and watch. Well, I don't think you could pick that up because you'd have to have. You'd have to have the three local standals. The most I would use that for local is if, before I had a TV in my room, I would turn it on. And this is if I had one. I would turn it on, go to the local news, and see if my school got canceled because of snow. That's the only thing I would use that for. That's about right, yeah. <laughs> Just so I wouldn't have to get up. <laughs> Didn't matter, though. My school never canceled. I'm watching every, all these other goddamn schools go by, and I'm like, oh, look at Wicomico County. Two-hour delay. Four feet of snow will really melt by then. No, that's okay, because it's not like they really had the buses going through there. Everybody walked to school anyway. Not my ass. Even if it was four miles away. <laughs> not my ass. 
Which uh, which console do you think had the most add-on accessories? I would say Nintendo, hands down. Like the Game Boy or? Um, majority, majority of the portable as far as additions and add-ons and everything like that, accessories. I mean, if you're going to go from Nintendo, NES, Super Nintendo, Game Boy, GameCube, Wii, I would have to say Nintendo is probably going to be the biggest all-encompassing. Let's make extra money. That's fair. That's 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 fair. They they do have a shitload of add-on peripheral things. I mean, when you think about portable and back in the 90s, the Game Boy had a camera and printer. Which, as cool as it was for you to be able to make your own black and white selfie without using your parents' Polaroids. I mean, you had the printers, you had the Game Boy Advance e-reader, which you could swipe the cards and then have the interactions with the e-reader on the Game Boy Advance. There's just so many, like, portable accessories. Or you could even see the old Game Boy with the large, uh, I can't even say microscope, but it was that magnifying magnifying screen that just flips over in front. But you also had the extra speakers that came across the side that looked like big ass ears, like your Mickey Mouse. And then you had all these other accessories and add-ons for the old Game Boy. And then they just they continued that through the generations. The Game Boy Color, the Game Boy Advance. I played the hell out of my Game Boy. I don't think I had a single attachment for the Game Boy. I don't even think I had the lights for the Game Boy. I don't think I got the lights until Game Boy Color. I I didn't have nothing for the Game I I, I had to use four AA batteries to power that damn thing. I didn't even have the battery pack. <laughs> I remember the first person I came across that had the Game Boy camera and printer. I was in a uh, bus going to some elementary school field trip. And fucking hell, he busted that shit out. And I was like, oh, let me see that. And we took so many dumb pictures. It was neat. I mean, it was a pretty cool concept. The pictures weren't half bad for the time. Obviously, they were black and white. But I don't know how much it cost. I don't know who the demographic was, for sure. Because it's not like people were going out going, oh man, let me buy this Game Boy camera so I can become the next big artist. I don't really, like I said, I don't know who it was really for. It was really cool. I'm sure a lot of kids were like, oh, that's awesome, and then asked for it. And then just, they ran out of paper and they were like, all right, I'm done. Right, because back then there were no cameras attached to cell phones yet. So there wasn't a consistency of taking pictures. I mean, you know, you have you have your parent with that big like suitcase on the shoulder camera while they're recording your birthdays and soccer games and whatnot. But it's not many times you would actually see unless you have one of those disposable cameras. You're not really getting pictures. I'd say they had, they had Polaroid disposable cameras. I'd say they had that. Yeah, but then you get yelled at for using up the Polaroids. You know how expensive those are. Because you used them on dumb shit. Like, you you weren't even looking through the eye hole. You were just clicking the button and then spinning the wheel. Look at how my eye looks in this. Do you see my favorite rock? God, had I only known I was supposed to be using it to take pictures of my plate and then sticking it up on the wall at work so people can see what I was eating for Thursday night's dinner. See how many people put a little tack up there. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they put little heart emojis. They retweet it. They take a picture on their Polaroid camera and then take it to their home and on the fridge. It's so crazy where we've come to this world that we have to take pictures of food. I'm trying to think what else the Game Boy had. 
because we went over the magnifying glass it had i remember they came out with almost like a controller attachment it's kind of sat on the back and it made your hands more comfy to hold it there was the joystick attachment like that went over the front <laughs> with the buttons that made the buttons bigger as well as you gave the d-pad a joystick but it was literally just claws on the bottom so it would still hit the d-pad yep yeah so it wasn't really a joystick it was just dumb version of the d-pad that was rounded at the top but they did that with a few different controllers which i don't really get because most of the games i feel like a thumbstick would have hindered you the super nintendo didn't have too many i don't think well i guess we can go chronological order we can go to the nes nes had the light gun which was super fucking cool i remember playing duck hunt on my game with that uh whatever the the frisbee disc thing Clay shooting, I think is what it was called. Yes. I don't, I can't name another game that used that attachment. I can't think of any, but maybe there is another one. I just remember that it it came with it. It came with the Duck Hunt, the Super Mario Dunk Hunt. Duck Hunt. The actual NES? Because I... I thought so, or at least the, whenever I got it, they had gotten it together, so... It was just, with me, it was like the Game Boy and the NES were just there. I don't remember ever getting them. They were just... My first coherent thought is like, oh, that's there. It's it's always been there. It came with a house, I guess. So I don't know what RNES came with. I guess we bought it. I guess my dad bought it new. I don't know. But we had the light gun, and it was really cool how it worked. It had to be a CRT, and your CRT would flash. Wherever you were pointing, the flash would not happen there, and that's how it detected where you were pointing the gun at. The entire screen would go black, except for this little white square. Or you just cheat and you just hold the, the gun up right to the, the TV. Right up on the TV. But the uh, the controller, the, the wire for it was like six feet long, maybe eight feet. So, I mean, it's not like you could exactly go sharpshooter on it. But that was really cool. But the NES also got into, well, a lot of the older consoles. They didn't have Game Shark, man. That was, we weren't cool enough for Game Shark, all right? We had the Game Genie. Game Genie for the NES, the Game Boy, they were weird shaped, man. Like, they had like flaps on them, you had to put them in, then the games were like sticking out of the console. And they came with books. You had to look up the code, and I think it was like a 10 to 15 digit code, and you had to put the code in. I guess it rewrote the software. I'm not exactly sure how it works. I'm not sure. I, I didn't really think too much of it, to be honest. I just know you had to put the codes in. Because it, it obviously wasn't pre-coded because you couldn't just select a game and then hit infinite ammo or right click walls or whatever. You, it, and if you lost that book, go so help you God. There was no internet to look it up. <laughs> you had the most worthless piece of plastic in your entire life. NES also had some pretty cool controls. I had a couple controllers for the Nintendo. You had the, the regular brick. You had the dog bone, which came with the top loader NES. And then I had a turbo, a round turbo controller, which I don't even think was made by Nintendo, but it had the two buttons on the bottom and then two buttons up top, and the two buttons up top were the turbo for A and B. I mean, that's an interesting thing, too, is a lot of the games required you to mash the buttons really quick, Mm -hmm. and then you finally came out with controllers that had that built in. You have this option, this little slider option that you can create a turbo button, a rapid fire option. That was kind of... I don't know, sometimes I came across as a little cheating. 
for sure. Or if you played like a fighting game where, oh, let me throw all these punches out and it, it doesn't even register all the times that you're inputting a kick button. So there's like some kind of lags. He looks like he's got like epilepsy whenever he's like punch, 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 punch. It's for sure cheating. They ban it in some speedruns. Like there's big dispute a few years ago about if games, RPGs should allow auto for mashing through all the text <laughs> just to help people's hands. So, I mean, to this day, it's like taboo to, to use. I remember I had the Super Nintendo controller, the clear one, and it had the six buttons up top that you could slide. It had off, and in the middle was auto. Like, if you held down the button, it would, it would do rapid fire. And then one more button up top to the last position would automatically push that button. And we tried playing Super Mario RPG, that stupid Yoshi racing, yeah, to beat it. But Yoshi's racing on Super Mario RPG didn't go off of how fast you could push it. You had to time it with the music. And we couldn't comprehend that in our tiny little child underdeveloped brains at all. So we still couldn't win, even when we were cheating. God, we were dumb. Cheaters never prosper. Yeah. We tried learning lessons. We, we weren't very good at learning lessons. <laughs> <laughs> and then going back to the game, Genie, we then eventually came out the Game Shark. And the Game Shark was pretty cool. I remember having it for PS2. And it came with its own little memory card. And the memory card jutting out looked like a shark. Yep. So that, that was really cool. I can't remember when... Game it switched over from Game Genie to Game Shark. I remember the cool thing about Game Genie was like the the cover. It looked like the Jeb meme where he's like in front of the U.S. map and he's holding his hands out like this and it's him taking over the U.S. and the primaries or whatever. It looked like that, but he was a muscular green genie. I think it was after like when they started to bring out Xbox and PS One because that's when they also brought out Action Replay. Yeah. To give them competition. Never had Action Replay. No? Mm -mm. Did you have any? I used Action Replay with Xbox to mod the old Xboxes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were, that was so cool modding those, man. Yeah. Could break through the game with the Action Replay. But, I mean, you were talking about the screen shooting gun mm -hmm. for the Nintendo. Nintendo wasn't the only one that had that. Well, NES. I mean, we had the Super Scope for the Super Nintendo, that big-ass bazooka. Yeah, had like eight games for it or something. Right. But I think there was also, I think PlayStation also had it for Time Crisis. Even Genesis had one. I don't know what games. I didn't have any Genesis games that actually worked it, but I looked it up and saw that there was a screen shooting gun for the Genesis too. I was like, I'd, I wouldn't have even thought. But I mean, how many times back then when there was only the two controller ports, were there ever four-player games? It depends on the console. Which console are you talking about? Nintendo? Super Nintendo? Genesis? Super Nintendo and Genesis. Well, you could have three players on Jeopardy. Oh. I, th I, th I think <laughs> I'm just talking out my ass. I know there's three players in Jeopardy. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know if there's nothing comes to mind as far as maybe if they ported over the Simpsons arcade because that had the four. maybe maybe more of the arcade games like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 arcade 
or different things like that. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, those consoles that didn't originally come with the four plugs for four players had a four-player adapter. I never really understood how exactly they were working the inputs for that. Like, oh, yeah, we're just going to jam, you know, two inputs <laughs> into one and then two inputs into one. And, you know, we're going to make this work. I don't know the specifics behind it. I haven't looked it up. I should. I really should. Instead of just talking out of my ass. Did Sony ever learn their lesson? Because one and two had the two controller ports and they sold the attachment. Mm-hmm. And then three went to wireless. Could you have four controllers hooked up to the PS3? I don't know why you would. Yes. Okay. There were uh, there were LED lights at the top of the DualShock oh, yeah. 3 controller, and it would indicate which player you were, one, two, three, or four. Okay, so they learned the lesson, but too late because online had already started kicking off. Yep. So I, I remember owning the PS2 four-player adapter. I got it for SmackDown, I think, so we could do... <laughs> Double tag team matches with the neighborhood kids. I never had it for PS1. I never owned a PS1 until I was an adult. My sister had it. Did you Did you have one? PS1? No, the, the four-player adapter thing. Not growing up. I ended up getting one later on. I didn't really see much use on it. True. Later on, I wouldn't have had much use to it because it, I was probably around the PS3 era and everything was automatic four player now the ps2 you did have the wireless controller which was really cool i thought that was yes the bees need i was like how does this i would put my hand in front of the controller how is this working like you're, you're a magician and you're, you saw the lady in hand. that was definitely something that if if you had siblings and they were trying to stop you from playing you know <laughs> when you put your hands over in front of the tv so they <laughs> you don't change the channel because they wanted to watch that show yeah, they try that with your uh controller too but it the infrared goes right through it or around it somehow now, that was really cool. You had some of the coolest attachments, for sure. I think we both had the N64 Rumble Pack. Do you remember that heavy-ass thing? Oh, yes. And then they came in two, like, two different sizes or something. I don't know the point of Rumble. To this day, I still don't understand Rumble. <laughs> I really don't. I don't even think I noticed that much whenever I'm playing a game. Although, I guess when I played PS3 kind of missed it because i can't did that one have rumble i remember those controllers being super light yes so it wasn't until you started getting into the joystick controllers for the ps2 and or some of the ps1 but also the ps2 controllers that had an integrated rumble it started out with just in the one side and then it incorporated into Mm -hmm. both sides but that's when it started to incorporate the rumble pack into everything because it had a weight that was on a spindle, and then it would rapidly spin that weight, and the whole thing, like, in each side of the controller had different size weights. And that's how, for, like, the PlayStation, it gave you that those two different styles of rumble. Hmm. Did you enjoy the N64 rumble pack at all? I can think of two games we used, used it on. Probably Goldeneye. Nope. Mario Kart? Nope. What? Ocarina of Time, because it had its own specific item you had to unlock to oh, use yeah. the Rumble Pack for the secrets. And it, it was like a stone. I forgot what it was called, but it looked like a stone. 
your rumble pack would rumble whenever time you were near a secret. The other was Star Fox 64. Anytime like a ship would explode, your whole controller would feel like it was falling out of your hands. Yes. So it was called the Stone of Agony. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, it would it would vibrate when you were close to a secret grotto. But yeah, I remember doing that with Star Fox as well. Whenever you shoot, you you gather the bomb and mm-hmm. you shoot the bomb, and it has the like initial. And the Rome pack only worked for certain games. Like, don't get me wrong, they made it very clear. It wasn't stuck anywhere on the back like the PS2 used to do. That motherfucker was slapped on the red side of the box, on the right side, saying, Rumble Pack compatible. Yep. It was right there. They had a picture of it and everything. But I, I, those are the two I specifically remember. I never, I think I, I used it once for Ocarina of Time. And I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> and see, those were just like experience upgrades. Then you have you have certain accessories that are like necessary upgrades. Like whenever N64 came out with the expansion pack and you had to have that in the console instead of the original, original uh, was it a RAM pack? I don't even think it was anything. I think it was there. It was just there as a plug? I think so. You had to actually put the expansion pack in to be able to play the latter released games of the N64. Basically the same as whenever the Wii came out with their Wii Motion Plus stuff. When their Wii Sports Resort came out, and they came out with that little Wii Motion Plus adapter. And that was before they actually started to incorporate that Wii Motion Plus in the Wii controllers from then on with production. I remember we got John an N64, and I can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast or not, but his N64 didn't come with the expansion pack. Yeah. And we give him, me and Andrew give him all these like extra N64 games we had the like duplicates of. You got to try this one. You got to try this one. He puts in like Donkey Kong 64 or something and it doesn't work because it's one of like the four games that needs the expansion pack. I was like, what a bummer move to like, not only did we give him this game, but we both just spaced out. I guess I thought it was in there. The expansion pack, I mean. I didn't have an extra one. I was just hoping it would all work out. <laughs> yeah, it would just work. It, uh, I know it says necessary on the box, but it's, is it really necessary? <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> but what, I mean, I can't imagine the disappointment John had, like, his first N64 game that he's played in years, and he powers it on. It's like, you need the expansion pack. Big old middle finger pops up on the screen. Fantastic. The N64 also had the big-ass box of Pokemon Stadium. Do you remember how huge that box was, Andrew? Oh, yeah. Unnecessarily big. It was like the size of two bricks. And it came with the transfer pack that went inside the N64 controller, which was really cool. Probably the best accessory, I would say, for the N64, in my eyes. Uh, You could put in your Game Boy Pokemon games, and you could put your Pokemon that you've been playing with on Pokemon red, blue, and yellow into Pokemon Stadium and play with them in Pokemon Stadium. And you could actually play the games on the TV with the Pokemon Stadium and thing. And it had its own unique borders and something. Just something they threw in there that was really cool. Because it was fun seeing your portable Pokemon that you've cared for, raised, named, all their stats, the name, everything up on the big screen and 3d you actually get to battle them in 3d and then like you said you could even play the game further 
if you didn't want to pull out your Game Boy and you had access to the one TV of the house at the time, then you can go ahead and play it on the big screen. That's crazy to think about, like, well, because we had the one TV in the house, and right now I have five monitors in this room. <laughs> I've got two that I'm using for the computer, one I use for TV, one that's in the floor, and then I have an actual TV in the closet. Like, just in this one room, I have five. I have five TVs in the house and three monitors on my desk. <laughs> like, it's insane that far we've. The technology has advanced. Talk about it. A much needed added accessory I wish they came out with was a TV. You know what? They kind of did. They kind of did. I remember you had, I was so jealous. You had the GameCube TV. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know what the hell it's called. Game, GameCube screen or something. But it was a perfect square, just like the GameCube was, and set. It plugged into the back of the GameCube, and it folded down and up. So if you're playing it, you fold it up, and when you you were carrying the GameCube, you folded it down. It's such a monstrosity of a machine for being so tiny. And I remember, I wanted to play on that thing so bad. I played Nightfire, I think, on the 007 game. Yeah on that tiny ass screen and for some reason shit kept on breaking remember you couldn't you were saying you couldn't get your screen to work for some reason when we were kids it was it was like failing yeah i don't know if it was overheating because it also had instead of just a regular power adapter for the wall and ac there was even a travel companion so you could hook it up to the cigarette lighter I remember going on a road trip and I'm sitting with it between my feet in the passenger seat and I got so motion sick (laughs) that I asked the person driving to pull over because I was about to throw up. (laughs) I didn't play it in the car anymore. Those were really cool, man. I know the PS1, like the PSONE had one. Yes. Those are really sought after. Those have gone up in price. Well, because as big as the PS1 was, the PS1 ONE was so compact and, like you said, just as sleek, mimicking the shape of the console for the GameCube, the PS1 also had that for its lid that came down as its own monitor. The only problem is it was probably about the size of a a 5.5 by 7 picture. Bro, we didn't have TVs. We didn't give a shit. We were playing on Game Boys. <laughs> True. That was bigger than what we would uh, expect anyway. Yeah. It still was before HDTV was like the norm. That was still, you know, the old CRTs, old boob tubes. So to have your own TV was pretty cool back then. That's why I was so envious of your... What, what did you get that for? Did you get that for like, your birthday or did you stay up for it? I don't remember. I think I got it as a uh, for a vacation because I wasn't going to be sure if there was going to be a TV. So I wanted to just be able to stay in my room, be an introvert, not converse with whoever we were with and just be preoccupied. Probably to play Fantasy Star Online <laughs> offline. Hell yeah, let's go. I remember I had the Game Boy Advance console plug thing that went into the GameCube. So you could take your Game Boy Advance and there was an attachment that plugged into the GameCube port, controller port, and then it plugged into the back of your Game Boy Advance. 
and I had I remember having it on my SP. And the only thing I ever used it for was Wind Waker. Oh. <laughs> what did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. No. <laughs> no, because you had Crystal Chronicles and I went over your house and we right, played. But that was the only way to have, just like how your uh, Dreamcast VCU mm-hmm. had its own extra adage. That was a way that you could play and earn little extra things. Instead of having another controller, you could play with your little GBA attachment onto your GBA and play Crystal Chronicles on the GameCube. Nope. For me, it was Wind Waker, and you used it as a map. I think it helped you with the treasures. treasures. Yeah, because it was like the Tingle Tuner or something. Yeah. Nintendo knew how to push these products, man. They Oh yeah. <laughs> as as dumb and as like simplistic as some of them looked, they some of them, most of them served a purpose. And definitely knew how to hook you and bring you in. Except for maybe the the whole keyboard controller for for, for the, the GameCube, GameCube where it was basically a controller split in half with an entire fucking keyboard. <laughs> Not just the keyboard, but it also had the keypad, I think, on the right side. That thing was I massive. mean, the whole thing was like, what would you say, almost two feet wide? Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. You can get some... That, that, that was specifically for Fantasy Store Online Trash Talk, and that's all that thing was ever used for, I guarantee it. <laughs> Where's my pesetas, you son of a bitch? My joystick can't move quick enough to trash talk. <laughs> a lot of controllers came out, like especially after that era. The Remember the Xbox 360 had the keypad that you could attach to the bottom of the controller? Yes, that was fantastic. You needed to have that. If they didn't have it, they had to pull up the, the on-screen keyboard and they had to move right and left like U, like the letter U, and then down to space and then suck. Meanwhile... Your Shakespearean letter of fucking trash talk is eight pages. You have an entire like light novel of trash talk (laughs) ready and sent with another one on the way while they're halfway through their first sentence. Yeah. Then they just blocked you so they never had to get trash talk like that again. That thing was talk about a necessity. That was a (laughs) necessity. That one definitely proved its worth. That was a good one. I will say the good thing about Nintendo with their accessories was a lot of them, well, a few of them, they just gave with the game. One of which I believe we talked about before was Hey You Pikachu with that little mic thing. Oh, no. I don't think any other game used that, (laughs) but I mean, it came with the game, so that was something. At least they didn't make you buy the, the attachment. And I'm not sure if they increased the price on that or not, but I remember N64 games being ridiculously priced anyway because of how much more they had to pay for the actual cartridges. But I remember uh, I never played Hey You Pikachu. I don't think. Maybe in like a demo kiosk. I tried it at the demo kiosk, but that was about it. And I was like, oh, this is interesting, and but I don't care for Pikachu like I want an actual life-size Pikachu to talk to. So this is not geared to me. Do you think that game got people through some tough times? Like they got picked on at school and they would go home and they would talk to Pikachu and Pikachu helped them through it. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it was probably Counselor Pikachu. Even though I'm pretty sure it just said Pikachu the whole time. (laughs) Right. But that's the whole psyche of it. 
I mean, how many therapists actually give you the answers? They just want to hear you talk it out and find the answer for yourself. True. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not at all hating on the fact of somebody probably talking to Pikachu like it was a counselor. That's good. That's awesome. That is finding a way to cope in a potentially rough childhood. So good on them for being able to find a certain outlet to be able to work that out. Do you think that was their like their thing and they were just like, Pokemon's so huge we need a cash cow now? Probably. I mean, Pikachu was their moneymaker once the movie came out, or the the first episode of Pokemon came out. Pikachu was the the cash cow right off the get go. You were hooked emotionally. Yes, this little fat electric rat. I want to protect it. Should have been dead so many times in the in the the show. Yes, we've talked a lot about Nintendo's stuff and a little bit about PlayStation. What do you what do you think about the PlayStation Move, the PS Move that we want to be? So that was before the PS3, right? Or is that the PS3? That term? was for it was it was for the PS3. Okay, is that the one? Because the PS. They've had quite a few. Is that the one that had the little spheres on the end? That were blue and red. Yeah. And they yeah. kind of still used for the PS fucking VR or whatever they call it. I guess, is it just PSVR? I'm not sure what. I think so. I think they still use those. I mean, I never used, I used them. I tried the VR with those once over at Buddy's house. Because he a, he's a huge Sony fan, so he had all that stuff. So I can't talk about it too much because I don't know that much about it. From what I did play, they seemed pretty responsive, uh, and that was for the PS4. So I never mm. used it for the PS3. I that that era of trying to be VR was very Cringy. very bad, very bad. I was working at Toys R Us in the electronics department when the PS Move came out, and as hyped up as everyone wanted it to be, it did not do as well as everyone hoped it would. Do they even have many? Do they have a lot of games for it? That was the thing. Like they tried to incorporate some games, but then I guess you had a better response for the accessories as you were playing on the four as they did on the three. I don't think it it was as responsive on the three as well as the uh, the types of games I guess that were available weren't as well received. But I mean, they made that and it was kind of like they were trying to come out with their response to the Wii. And at the same time, then they came out with the PSI toy, which was another camera-esque thing that they tried to come out. Which I can't remember if that was more of a response to the Wii or the Xbox Connect. The i toy was for the PS2. Yeah, they came out on the PS2. Was it PS2? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the i toy came out before the Connect then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the Connect was 360, like part way through its its life its uh lifespan. It was like a year later or so after the 360 was released. Then the new release was going to be for the Connect. I didn't do much with the Connect. Before the Connect, they had the camera. You remember the Xbox 360 camera? I still have it. <laughs> playing uno with it and they had some games that utilized it there's totem ball or totem or something that you can control it by like moving your body and that was their first dive into the connect kind of thing i I believe that was the the 360 camera i remember playing uno and other games like that with the little camera with wookie and when you beat somebody in a match 
you got to see a brief snippet of them <laughs> afterwards. Like you got to hear something or see a little picture. So there was times where if Wookie died, he would literally moon the camera and then say, fuck you with a, <laughs> a flipping them off in the back. So as he's playing, he didn't have time to rage. He had to get ready to get in position for the camera to take the picture to be able to send it to the next person. I had to ask Wookie, but I believe because you could also use that little Xbox 360 camera to send pictures, picture messages. And I believe one of the Kentucky boys just straight up sent a picture of his balls, like his ball sack, to Wookie. And like he opened up the image and his mom comes walking. (laughs) 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 And she straights up sees some Kentucky boy gentleman balls. (laughs) Fucking... (laughs) I had to ask him about that story. Oh, man. So, like I said, these peripherals are necessary, almost. (laughs) (laughs) Then the Kinect came out, and it had it for the 360, but then I remember the Xbox One came out, and every Xbox One had to have Kinect. They were shoving Kinect down everyone's fucking throat when the Xbox One first came out. I think it was like, Xbox is Kinect, I think was their motto, or something stupid like that. And I never got one. It didn't take long for them to stop talking about the Kinect. What's really funny about the Kinect is, weird enough, you know who uses the Kinects a lot? Ghost Hunters. Really? Ghost Hunters use the fuck out of Kinects. Because they have the temperature sensor setting. Mm. Uh, and there's another like setting. Like the tracking software? Yeah, they also have another setting on there that is apparently perfect for ghost hunting. I had somebody at work tell me about it, and I was like, well, that's fucking strange. You do you. I mean, it makes sense. I, yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, at least someone was fucking using it, because I sure as hell didn't use the Connect. The most I used Connect for was on Alien Isolation. You could move your head, and your character would move their head, and you could peek around corners with it. I really hated that era of the PS Move and the, the Connect. It, it never felt great. It was it was trying to be ahead of its time, I believe. I enjoyed some of the aspects of the 360 Connect. Um, there were certain games that I was able to participate in that were that were fun, and even some of the like, all right, we're gonna try to do workout routines. It was engaging. It was different, but there wasn't a lot of proper utilization in many of the games. Speaking of dancing, remember those dance pads and the for the, for the PS2. Sally had one. Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah, yeah, Dance Dance Revolution, man. Holy shit. I remember a buddy of mine, Josh, was like, yo, I've been doing Dance Dance to fucking get some cardio in. He's like, I've lost like 25 pounds playing Dance Dance. I was like, you're fucking nuts. What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck are you talking about, man? Yeah, anytime, anytime I ever thought of that, I always thought of like those weird people that are at the arcades that are just doing it without even looking. Like, they know what's coming up next. They can perfectly time it, and they're just... (laughs) I was so... And they cost like a dollar to play. Get the fuck out of here, man. Right. I can barely play the claw machine game. It costs a quarter. Like, I don't have the coordination to remember what comes next, how many dollars I have to put in to try to remember it forwards, let alone try to do it backwards, do a little spin, try to, you know, dance on my head with it. No. But then you see people do that, and it's like, well, damn, they're cool. I want to be cool. I don't know if cool's the word. They were something. <laughs> they were something is the word. I think Sally had the Dance Dance Revolution pad, and uh, I think we played it a little bit, but I think we got super bored with it. 
really quickly. Yeah. It was cool though. I mean, it worked. Mm-hmm. And they weren't the first person to use the pad. The it wasn't a dance pad, but I remember the Nintendo had a pad. That thing was mm-hmm. massive. Yep. You had the directional pads. You had the buttons. You had like the option menus. Dude, it, it was a lot bigger than just the regular like nine by nine square or nine by nine, three by three square. I mean, they still have dance, dance. They because uh, they use the Switch now with their their motion controls, and it follows the the controls of the the Switch, the Joy Cons, which I think is really cool that it actually stood the test of time. Because uh, for sure, what didn't stand the test of time was a game that you had, Andrew. Do you know what game I'm talking about? What game was that? Fucking Guitar Hero. <laughs> oh, Guitar Hero was so fun. Like, <laughs> the concept of it. Oh, man, I can't play a real guitar, but let me play this electric one. They pumped out so many of those fucking games. And then spinoffs of them. And it was insane. It was such a crazy time. What do they have? You you were at Toys R Us during this heyday. You were You were pumping this shit out. You were showing it to the people. What 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 games did they have? I mean, you had the boring ones are like Guitar Hero, Guitar Hero Two. You had Guitar Hero Three, Legends of Rock, Guitar Hero World Tour, uh, Warriors of Rock, Guitar Hero Five, Guitar Hero Live, Guitar Hero Encore, Rock the Eighties, Guitar Hero Aerosmith, Metallica, Smash Hits, Van Halen, DJ Hero, Band Hero. That's whenever you got into the other things a band rock band i enjoyed that too Mm -hmm. i remember playing that with uh trying to come over your house and play it but also like playing it with (laughs) wookie wookie would wookie would do the drums and sing at the same time and you and i would both play guitars but he would sing as arnold schwarzenegger every time (laughs) like you you think about how john does his christopher walken voice it's like that's what Wookie did with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Fucking <laughs> singing Flyleaf, I'm so sick as Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> but DJ Hero, when you have the the DJ like yeah, that's that's when I those got boards too. Like yeah, remember the, the but remember the D- there's the one on the DS. I was about to say the DS one. Yeah, that was because you had to hold it. You had to hold the DS sideways or something to yep. <laughs> and to use the stylus as a pick or something with the four buttons on the side. Yeah. And that was used for one game. Like, it's so crazy to think about at least the guitars you could have used for multiple different guitar heroes. And you could actually use it as a controller if you wanted to. I don't know why you would. But, like, the DS one you could only use for the DS guitar hero thing, which is crazy to think about. But, again, that came with the game. So, I guess there's a plus side to it. But, I mean, you have different ones like that that are, like, that is specific. And they ran with that, you know. Guitar Hero, here are these guitar games. DJ Hero, here's the these DJ games you can do. Because they had, like, I think at least two, maybe three DJ Hero games. But, I mean, they had other accessories, too. That Some of them were just accessories, like, you can attach to the controllers. But some of them were controllers themselves, like the fishing poles. How many uh, Cabela's or bass fishing games are you going to play with the fishing poles? I don't know many people that were, at that time, very interested in fishing and video games. Like, if they were going to fish, they'd rather be out on a dock in a river, like, fishing themselves instead of trying to do it on screen. Or even trying to do, like, a Cabela bear hunting, like... (laughs) 
they had C Man for the Dreamcast. All right, that 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 pushed some numbers. <laughs> I don't know about Sega Bass Fishing. I don't know how much that or Sega Marine Fishing. I don't know why you have two different fucking games for different types of fish, and then a Sega Bass Fishing two. How much can you fucking add? But now I'm right there with you. I don't. These games were not meant for us, and it then being on the Dreamcast because the Dreamcast obviously didn't sell very well. It wasn't like everyone had it in their home. I don't know who was buying these, but someone must have because they made a sequel to Sega Bass Fishing. Like Seaman, I got Seaman was supposed to be like a funny joke, and I remember seeing the magazine adverts and stuff like that. But the other ones were just I don't know who the hell's buying these damn things. Fishing poles. You had the the skateboard snowboard controllers where you could actually like stand on it and had the pressure sensors underneath, so you could do like your kick flips and you could go down and you could turn and whatnot, like you're actually on the skateboard without the trucks or wheels on it. A mouse, like a keyboard and mouse. It was a mouse controller plug-in. Now for Mario Paint and the Super Nintendo, okay, one game, I get it. But they also made a mouse for the PS1, too. I don't know what that would have been working with. There's a couple games. I think there's a couple games for the Super Nintendo, actually, more than just Mario Paint you could have used it for. But it was weird because Mario Paint, you needed the controller. Like, you needed the mouse to play. So if you rented it, you couldn't play Mario Paint, which is pretty funny. And the PS1, I can kind of see it, I guess, if some of the, the first-person shooters might have worked for some dungeon crawlers. Like, could you imagine playing Eye of the Beholder? With a with mouse and keyboard, that'd be dope. I mean, the way that it was set up, you were kind of looking like you were moving the mouse around anyway, so... I think, believe it or not, I believe Jurassic Park on Super Nintendo could use the mouse. When you went inside the buildings and you could... Uh, it went into the first-person mode that was really creepy. Yeah, I think you could yeah. use the mouse for that. Huh. Very strange, but I don't think they belonged. Like, Mario Paint, it, it worked. It, I loved Mario Paint. That mouse was god-awful. And the the little plastic thing they gave with you, the mouse pad, that was even more terrible. I mean, people could 3D print something exactly like that now. That's all it was. It was just hard plastic <laughs> yeah. with a couple little ridges in it. Yeah. It wasn't very big. It was like the size of a regular mouse pad. Because those mouses back then, of course, didn't have the, the laser on the underneath. It had the rotating ball. That you had to clean. Man. Nice and sticky ball that collected all the dirt. Yeah, I always felt every time I cleaned those mouses, I was always uh I was like, man, this is like this thing's brand fucking new, baby. I'm like taking toothpicks to clear out the little wheels inside the controller that's got the lint that's wrapped up yep. so tight that it's almost a string now. Never had the PS one though. I can't the PS one mouse. I the games I played I would not need a, a, a mouse for sure. But you know what uh did work out pretty well? was the steering wheel controllers. Oh, yeah, baby. There were a lot of different games that became a lot more popular and carried out through several generations, like Mario Kart. That during that time of the older consoles, yeah, okay, we'll try it with the steering wheel. It's different than having the joystick to be able to turn around and I can actually like pretend to drive even though I'm 12. And it's great. Hit the gas pedal, never let go. Don't hit the brake. Why do you need the brake? I'm just getting gassed the whole way. But you can kind of get used to how you can turn and this and that. It was a good adventure, good attachment, good controller, because not only for those that aren't as auto-savvy as we are, there were those that played the 
other games, the Need for Speed, the Formula Ones, NASCAR. I won't say cruising. I don't know how many people did probably did the steering wheel with cruising. I think I did. <laughs> I think I did. I think I had the the V three. I think it was what it was called. I had the steering wheel and I used it for cruising. And I remember just like any turn, it was hard left and hard right. There was no in between. <laughs> it was just slam that controller, baby. Yeah, because we'd always just turn it until it like hit that stop. We <laughs> yeah. would we would lift it up off of the off the edge like it. It wouldn't stay flat on the table or on the floor or whatever we had it on because as soon as we took that hard right, that bottom left platform rose up because we were just trying to take that turn too hard. It's not going hard enough. They still make steering wheels today, so I feel like that one was definitely well worth it. And the ones they have today are crazy expensive and you get haptic feedback and stuff like that. It's insane. They're well-made, well-produced. They're definitely for the driving enthusiasts. Yeah, and you know the ones that are even more expensive and more insane are the flight sim ones. Those oh, get yes. crazy expensive. I got a buddy who uh, not only plays but codes some flight sim stuff because you know nice. obviously I know him from the airport. Those people go nuts. Like the people at the airport, I don't give a fuck about an airplane. Never have, never will. I mean, I just worked there because they paid me. These people go nuts over airplanes, and half of them play the flight sims, and they, they got these big-ass expensive controllers, and I was like, who am I to judge? I got a wall full of Zelda shit. You know what I mean? Like, if you love planes, man, go right ahead. Right. But the one that I love the most, and it was for one game, like we've said before with different rifles, but it came with the game. It was on the original Xbox. And uh, I still have my copy, and it's outrageously huge. And that was Steel Battalion. <laughs> Steel Battalion, I, I can't remember if we brought it up before, but Steel Battalion is four sections of a controller. One was foot pedals, so that went down to your feet. And then the other three were legitimately three to four feet once it was connected. You had... Two joysticks, you had all these buttons, you needed the book in order to tell you how to properly start your mech up, because that's what you were controlling was this gigantic mech. And you needed, just like you would start an airplane, you need to turn on certain switches before you could power it up. There was a button for windshield wipers on this fucking thing. They had an abort button that you had to lift up a piece of plastic like it was a missile launch button, and then push the eject button. It was insane, and I loved it. Could I never beat the game? Want to go back and beat the game? I think I have it in this house. I think it's uh, upstairs, or maybe in the garage or something. But I couldn't imagine trying to <laughs> just <laughs> trying to put that thing somewhere was hard enough because it was hard enough trying to figure out how to play with a steering wheel. Because we that's one thing we never could get. We didn't realize to bring in a fucking chair. We would try and like put the steering wheel bottom things underneath our legs while the, our feet were just sticking out in front of us dangling over a bed or on the <laughs> yeah. couch or one thing that they made as a very uh handy invention basically it was more utilized during the xbox time was the breakaway controller cables i feel now nowadays with most controllers being wireless it's not as needed but growing up whenever you had your Nintendo or whatever towards the TV at the bottom of the TV or on the floor, 
the cable is stretched across the way and you're sitting on the couch if cord reached that long. And then you had somebody walking by, trip on it, kick the console out, maybe unplug it. The breakaway cable was a very well incorporated invention. For sure. I remember seeing that. I was like, that's pretty cool. Well, I think at first I was like, that's stupid. But then like, I think Andrew explained it to me because I was stupid. No, I thought it was stupid too because <laughs> uh, you could easily lose that other piece. True, true. Especially with our dumbasses, fucking God knows where anything was. Usually in a closet or underneath the bed or something. But no, it, that's a good one. I, I like that. Uh, and it wasn't even. It was just part of the Xbox controller. Like I, I don't think any Xbox controller that was an original product of theirs came with, didn't come without that. One really cool attachment that. I never really used to its full potential was the PS2 DVD remote. Because PS2 was huge because it had, you could watch DVDs on it. And it came with this little yes. DVD remote that also had a controller plug-in. And unbeknownst to my friend at the time's dad was the newer PS2s didn't need that. It had an IR sensor built into the front of the PS2. So me and my buddy Casey would watch his dad play SOCOM online. Meanwhile, we had the DVD remote. This is the only thing I ever used for. Never watched a movie on it. Uh, while he was playing, we would sit there and watch him, and we'd have the remote like hidden underneath our arm. So all of a sudden, he'd be like sneaking up on somebody, and we'd press R1 on the button, and his guy would start shooting, alerting his position. And his dad was like, what the fuck is going? I'm not pressing anything. <laughs> Casey's like, dad, what are you doing? You... You're missing, you're wasting all your bullets. He's like, I'm, and they'd put the controller down. He's like, I'm not doing it. So we would stop pressing it. And he was like, I'm not crazy. And he'd pick up the controller and we'd do it again. You know, he got so angry. And that was literally the only thing we ever used the DVD remote for, but it was well worth the purchase. 110% would buy again. That was a very fancy looking remote too. It had so <laughs> many different buttons on yeah. it, different like alternate function features. Like I said, never used it to watch a DVD ever. But you could watch a DVD on the PS2 without it. You could just use the regular controller. Yeah. Yeah. For the Xbox, you needed that remote. <laughs> you needed the remote and the plug to watch a movie, a DVD, on the Xbox. <laughs> it was stupid. No, because people bought it. So that means it's not stupid. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> people buy it's not stupid, babe boy. Well, I'll take that back. People buy plenty of stupid shit. Well, I mean, when you when you go more cosmetic, yeah, I guess. What are we talking about? I'm not going to go full on into your habit yet. I'm, I'm going to talk <laughs> about the, the Xbox 360 faceplates. Didn't buy a single like one of those. How many of those? You didn't buy any? Mm -mm. No. I, I, bought, I bought 10 Xbox 360s. I had 10 white faceplates. Didn't need to buy any extra faceplates. We were good in the faceplate department in this household. I think I bought a, about three of them. Yeah, the blue I, one. I had the red one. Yeah. I had the the blue one and I had the Halo one. Yeah, the Halo uh, Halo three, I think. Yep, Halo three. Yeah. No, I never. It was kind of like the Connect. They just stopped making them at some point. They were like, well, yeah. And I remember going to Toys R Us, come see you at work, and there was a whole end display wall of them, just yep. different fucking faceplates. Because guess who had to organize them, make them appealing? This guy never made them too too appealing because your boy never bought them. I can only do so much. <laughs> I just had the, the bare white one. I don't, I think you were the only one that I knew that had a 360 that had any kind. You were the sucker who got the 360 face plates. That's fine. That's fine. 
it made me feel a little special because i mean we also had those uh gel like sticker decals <laughs> that we put on the ps2 and xbox we went into great detail of those stupid fucking stickers we don't need to bring it up again god damn stickers bane of my existence right i guess if we can talk about cosmetic stuff we could talk about what i collect but only of the zelda ones and that's the amiibos well i guess along with the amiibos what was the other company that made the little figurines it was like 360 arrow some kind of like minion battle shit Oh, there's a uh, what Sky Skylanders, yeah, Skylanders, yes, Skylanders. They had Skylanders. They had Disney Infinity. They had Lego Dimensions, and then he had a fucking Amiibo. This era was just plethora of fucking toys that you could put on the controller and they do something. Buy an extra one and then try to sell them off years later, and no one wants them. Oh, you're selling a bundle with a Wii U and a whole bunch of Skylander shit? No, thank you. Yeah. I don't want to pay extra for something that I can't even use now. Yeah, I don't even... If they add Skylanders, I'm like, I'll pay you extra to keep the Skylanders, please. The, no, I collect Amiibo, but only the Zelda ones because I just collect Zelda shit. I have every single Zelda Amiibo. Every single one. And they're all in boxes, and I have some that are actually open. And to give you guys an idea how many just of those are... They're typically, what, 25 to 35 each upon initial purchase? I think they were closer to 15. Some of the bigger ones are up in price, like the Guardian one. Up to 20, 25 to 30, yeah. The Guardian one's pretty expensive. The Some of the doubles. Toon Link and Zelda one, that one's pretty expensive. So there are 25 different Amiibo ones. And uh, I own them all. <laughs> no getting coy about it, no, no. Uh, hiding it. Just, no. Uh, I own them all. And, uh, I remember buying the Switch and Breath of the Wild was announced. They came out and they're like, okay, uh, it's going to have Amiibo support. Breath of the Wild's coming out. We got Amiibos for Breath of the Wild. So I remember I was at the gym refreshing the Best Buy page, waiting for the Switch to come on pre-order along with the Amiibos, along with the Master Collector fuck edition of Breath of the Wild that I have sitting up on my shelf unopened. The big massive thing that came with a Master Sword statue or something. There was five Amiibo that came out with this, so I had all those pre-ordered. And then they came out with four more down the road, just for Breath of the Wild. I'm not like some people. Some people collect all of the Amiibos, like Mr. Sean. I think I think he collects all of them. I can't remember. He has a lot. Uh, his are opened, where mine are unopened. Yeah, some people collect like Funko Pops. Yeah. And Sean, Sean collects Amiibos. But the thing is, these Amiibos, some of them are worth some fucking money. I remember going to Toys R Us, and they had the double pack of Toon Link and Toon Zelda on sale, and they had like three of them. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm buying these. Sold one of those fuckers for like $90 on eBay. Like some of these Amiibos are actually worth, I, I would, and I, I talk about this, and my wife always yells at me. She's like, you're never going to sell it. I was like, yeah, but think about when I die, how rich you're going to be. Because <laughs> you could sell it, you don't give a fuck. You can sell this shit. $20 for the lot. Oh. I would come back to life and necromance her ass off. You'll haunt the armor. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like Phantom Hourglass? Yeah, Phantom Hourglass. You're going to haunt the armor? Yeah. Just follow her around? They'll call me the full metal alchemist. But I mean, even as a, a collection thing, they look cool. Yep. And they do have a secondary function. They can unlock different accessories and such on different games so it's not just like a single solitary game that it's 
confined to. It's the whole platform and what they want to utilize it with. And none of them are necessary. That's what I enjoy the most about them. You can play the entire game and have a full experience with it without ever buying one of these, which is really nice. They don't lock any kind of content behind it. Right. It's not some like you have to buy this DLC, but we're only making a limited amount of it. Yeah. Because they do get hard to get. Yes. You can make fun of my Amiibos all you want. But someone would come over to my house looking like he was the president carrying around the nuclear football. If you think of Majora's Mask and you think of the guy with the backpack that had all the masks, <laughs> the, the peddler, that was me coming over to Kevin's house with my stack of controllers, games, maybe even a console. And sometimes it varied from a drawstring athletic bag to a Dr. Seuss hat to an actual hardback suitcase the traveling cases for consoles so unnecessary but at the time we utilized it because he had some things i had some things and we didn't always have the same games controllers etc so we'd share and bring it over each other's houses to play it how necessary is that really if you think about it like how many times are you going to unroot a console and it's associated controllers and games and this and that and actually go on a trip. These were big ass. These were big ass cases, man. Full metal yeah. cases. If you go to the store and you look at like a 24 pack of Pepsi with that handle and just think it's bigger than that. Yeah. Because it was fitting an entire Xbox or Xbox 360. Along with a couple controllers, a couple games, the power plugs, the cables. We really took that and used it for all it was worth. There were sometimes things were just so stuffed in there. It was ridiculous. Your parents must have thought you were running away. Like, oh, God, he's, I'm sure. he's packing up his suitcase again. <laughs> no, they probably thought, oh, man, he actually came back. He's got the Samsonite. <laughs> he means it this time. Oh, shit. <laughs> So close. But I remember buying a couple of them. There was like a messenger bag style that I bought at Toys R Us that was discounted. It was for the Xbox. And it's this, you can fit a, an Xbox console in it. It's got another spot that has, you could slide the controllers, a couple games. The whole felt top like folds over like a messenger bag. Throw it on your shoulder. Get to walking. Now, thinking back on it, those would be really cool now. To put your consoles away. Because, like, we're running out of room. Andrew, you had to build your own special bookshelf, sort of, to house all... I built my own entertainment center yeah. that, if I was to move out, this thing in ain't coming with me. <laughs> it's staying here. It's like 15 open spots, isn't it? I made it so that it has adjustable shelves. <laughs> <laughs> this is all him building, like, actually straight up building, not like Ikea going out and building it. I'm talking like he drew this up and built it himself because of how many consoles. And I think they can all turn on. Like if he goes up, he doesn't have to mess with any wires. I have power plugs in the back. I have cable management. I have it set up so that I could just turn on one individually at a time. It'll run through an RCA upgrade adapter and then be able to run HDMI to my TV. I have six columns and roughly four to five shelves each column. I have four. <laughs> <laughs> I had time. 
<laughs> and the sad thing is, even though I have four, I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Counting ten consoles hooked up currently. <laughs> so it would be nice, nice to maybe put some of these away inside of these nice metal cases. I wonder how much these cases cost now. I wouldn't mind picking up some that. Because they didn't make it for all of them, obviously they wouldn't. I can't get it like a Nintendo one, an NES one. But I would like to get like an N64 one, put it in its case, and then I can slide it into the closet and label it. And I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, hey, maybe that's something we can market. So before it did, so this is this is a rare thing where before it didn't really have a use. I mean, clearly, if you were moving a lot, it had some sort of use, but. Me and Angel lived next to each other. There was really no use for it. He had it, but there was no demand. But now it's almost like there's there could be a use for it. It's, it's very strange. For our generation that would have multiple consoles and limited space, yeah. I'm going on eBay after this. All right. If you're smart and you have uh, an, an idea <laughs> in mind and we gave you that little push, we want at least uh, you know 5%. Yeah. yeah. Don't even do it because uh, we've already copyrighted it. By the time you, by the time this episode hits your ears, it's already copyrighted. Patent pending. Old little PP. That's what they called me in high school. Little PP. Little PP. Little PP. Hey, here comes little PP. Hey, what's up, boys? I'm looking at the list of everything that we've talked about, and that's just like that's a <laughs> hefty amount of accessories. <laughs> we were firing off left and right on all cylinders. <laughs> All sorts of generational gaps and whatnot. Before we sign off, though, you found a very strange one because there were some very strange ones. And this was a controller. And I actually had to Google this thing and I Googled it. And the first thing I said was, ill. So in your research, Andrew, you came across this. What, what, what is this abomination to man? I came across the Capcom Pad Soldier Controller. Yes. That is the name of it. That is the style of it. It looks like the incest child of the aviation controllers mixed with the fishing rod controller. I'm sure they meant well for it to be like an ergonomic and weird and new design, but they brought it out for the Super Nintendo as well as the Genesis. I'm curious as to how it would actually work or feel just trying to use it. If you get a chance, look it up. It's called the Capcom Pad Soldier Controller. Let us know what you think of it. (laughs) Because when I first saw it, I was like, did someone just throw up or spill something on the screen? Oh, no, that's an actual controller. They were like, how ugly can we get this? But I mean, that's a lot of a lot of different accessories. And like we said, that. Some of them have been incorporated from necessity and have been acquired over time, gotten the kinks out, gotten the bugs out, and we utilize them now and we don't even think about giving credit to what we had to go through back in the day. And then some of them are just, why? Why was there money spent on this? Who thought this was a good idea? I mean, maybe the marketing team was a little off on their research. But just because we listed off all these doesn't mean that we listed off all of them. I'm sure you probably had something in your childhood that you remember seeing or even having that wasn't even listed. Let us know. Yeah, we're we're setting up a uh, monthly meeting for people that waste their money on some of these. Uh, Andrew's going to be the head guy for that one. He's going to talk about his experiences of 
the four different metal cases he had with nowhere to go with it. <laughs> and we're going to set up a GoFundMe so that you can just give us the money directly instead of having to waste it on something <laughs> arbitrary. But I want to buy the Amiibo. Those are okay. Let us know what you think. Send us a message on Twitter, VGL underscore podcast, or even Instagram. Same thing, VGL underscore podcast. We got it squared away. One easy, same thing, VGL underscore podcast. And wherever you're listening to us from, whether it's Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Audible, Podchaser, Stitcher, Pandora, whatever it may be, don't forget to listen to our other sister broadcast podcasts on creativebraincandy.com. We mentioned STD. Let it spread. Get the word out. Gross. You know you love it. <laughs> we love to talk for you, to you, and hear your input. So hit us up. Let us know what you think was a good accessory, was a terrible accessory, had absolutely no reason to be purchased or utilized. Fear not, John checks a lot of these messages too. So John is incorporated in all of these listening devices. It's not just me and Kevin that you're conversing with. It is John too. We miss him. We look forward to having him back shortly. Kevin, anything else that you want to input? No. No. <laughs> no, thanks guys for listening. We've had some some heavier influx of listeners. So thank you if you guys have like spread the word, shared it to your friends some. So thanks, thanks for all the support. It means a lot. Glad you guys still enjoy the content, even though it's just me and Andrew for the moment. Just be with somebody. Yeah, cat and dog. Cat dog. Like Andrew said, John will be back with us soon, soonish. Uh, so we can't wait to hear his majestic voice and Christopher Walken. I'm pretty sure, bet money, the entire episode is going to be John doing impersonations. Because I know his, I know he's driving his wife insane doing impersonations, so she made him stop. So he's going to come on here and just have free range. Hey, what are you guys doing? It's backing up inside <laughs> of him. He's about to bubble yeah, over. Yeah, instead of burping, he like spits out a Jim Carrey impersonation or something real quick. And he, he like covers his mouth. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the pen was blue. <laughs> can't wait to have you back, John. The listeners can't wait either. As always, we love and appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Bye-bye. See ya. Welcome to the V. Welcome to the uh, video game. Uh, Welcome to the video game lounge. Uh, uh, I just I just edit those and make it like you're beatboxing. Welcome to the. Boom, Welcome, to boom, the boom, Welcome to the. Welcome to the. Welcome to the. <laughs> I'm like copy paste. Boom, boom, copy paste. Copy paste. There are sometimes things were just so stuffed in there. Old little PP. That's what she said. Put it in the thing. Put it in. Put it in. Oh wow. That's what she said. We mentioned STD. Let it spread. Before we get into that. I should probably let you finish. I mean, it'd be nice if you did. That's what she said. Oh, close. Just like you. This close. Yes. I wonder if it's the thickness of it. That looked like a uh, sweet potato. Oh, boy. That's what she said. But I do feel like they could have done a little better with that little nub they had. That's what she said?
like semen I got. Oh, yeah. By the way, this episode brought to you by Andrew. 